Well, when I was younger, fear gripped everything that I did. In fact, even as I hit record on this podcast, forget about younger, I still at 52 years old, I feel some fear. Singer and songwriter Carrie Underwood in the news recently, she was talking about how she feels fear. We're talking today about pushing through boundaries with a guy who's consistently up against them. He's the guy who's worked with some of the biggest companies in the world and created some of the most iconic easy for me to say, campaigns. Today, we collaborate with thought leader Jason Aris, co-founder of Mechanism and author of the best-selling book, Soul Flower to Persuasion, on today's Money with Friends. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Texarkana, Texas, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Jason Harris coming from uh, Soho, New York City in my empty office because everyone's working from home. Yeah, I'm I'm in the empty mom's house because she's out on a walk around the block, Jason. So there we go. Uh, today <laughs> is that true, Joe? Is she of is course she around the block? Of okay. course that's true. Yes. I hope she's masked up. This is the podcast. Well, she's out in nature. There's nobody around, which is the okay, great thing about living in the it. middle of nowhere. It, it's different New York City. If you walk around the block in New York City, it's a whole different deal. But yeah, That's a good point. not here. This is the podcast where Jason and I are covering a recent story from the financial press today, I believe is from uh, just Yahoo Entertainment. And not only do we read through them like some podcasts, we dive into how they affect your wallet, your career, and what you can do to be more effective. And we usually do that in less than 20 minutes. Jason Harris joins us again. Happy December, my friend. Thank you. You take some time off at the end of the year? Yes. Um, from about December 19th until whatever, January 2nd or 3rd, I'm off. And I know this year probably is just a year with uh, kids, but is there anything else that you guys have planned? Can you have anything planned in a COVID year? I am planning to go to hunter mountain which is uh, an hour and a half drive from new york city to rent a remote log cabin and try to do some skiing with my boys that's a great that is that is the plan because skiing you're outside you're already wearing a mask how bad can it be uh but that's the current plan yeah that, that, that sounds awesome i'll i'll drive up jason we'll meet you there for perfect <laughs> what, what's your plan my plan actually, sadly, is to stay at home, have a quiet time. And, uh, you know, yesterday we talked about chess. I intend to, and I never get enough time to do this. I, frankly, I never hardly have any time to do this. I want to have a video game controller in my hand for about seven days straight. I'm really wow. looking forward to diving into some 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 video games. What are you going to play? Uh, there, there's a game out called the outer worlds that came out like a year ago. That looks, it's like I fallout. You say, I thought you were going to say chess. No, 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 <laughs> pass Wait. outer worlds. Wait, what, what, uh, what do you play on? Uh, Xbox, PC, Xbox. Xbox. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find a new Xbox. It's called the Xbox. What's it called? The new yeah, one? Series X. Series X. I'm trying to find one. Uh, to get my kids for the holidays, but it's very hard to find. And the ones online are like 850. Yeah. I'm not, well, paying, I'm not paying 850 for that. Welcome to capitalism, my friend. The, <laughs> the, the, scarcity. It's scarcity. Yes. Well, yeah. and, and the, uh, my son works for Microsoft and I can't get an Xbox. So you're joking. They can't no. get you a discount on an Xbox. If, if he could get one, I, I would get a discount on it, but he can't even get one. So 
There it is. You got to put in your order and wait a few months. Yeah. What, hey, so what do you play on now? An Xbox? Uh, d- uh, the, the old one, the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah just okay, the cool. old Xbox One. And I, I turn it on maybe an hour a week, play some golf usually. Usually I'm playing golf or racing games, but I kind of want to dive into something a little little better. A little meatier. So, yeah, All right, cool. A little, little nerdier, Jason. Speaking of nerdy, we've got a little bit of a nerdy piece today uh, talking behind the scenes about Carrie Underwood. I guess that's not that nerdy, is it? Carrie talking about when she first started out. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's discussion. This is Bethany from the Money Mill House. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. I just realized, by the way, Jason, I forgot to do that yesterday. No bumper in yesterday's show because the host is a moron. But oh, you're going to have to edit one in. <laughs> but on on uh, on today's show, Taryn Ryder wrote this piece. She's a writer with Yahoo Entertainment. The headline is Carrie Underwood almost backed out of American Idol. It was just too much. Carrie Underwood's been one of the biggest stars in the world since winning American Idol in 2005, but she almost didn't get on the flight that launched her career. The singer wrote in an essay for Guidepost magazine in which she revealed how fear almost got in the way of her dream. And basically, I'm not going to read the piece. We'll link to it on our website, uh, Money with Friends podcast. And also, if you follow us on social media, we'll have links there too. But, but Jason, in this piece, she talks about how she's on her way out to Hollywood to do the next round of competition for uh, American Idol after she made it in. And on the way to the airport, she thought, nope, I'm done. Uh, there's there's no way I'm going to do this. And yeah, imagine, she broke down crying. Yeah, imagine how different the world would be, the world of music would be if Carrie Underwood weren't in it. Like, we're, we're all worse off. I don't know what, what Monday Night Football would be like. You know? <laughs> right. uh, who, who could they possibly get that would replace Carrie Underwood for a theme song? How do you, how do, you do that? But yeah. I know that, they, I mean, you follow popular music, number one, and, and, and you know how, how um, some of these even very iconic musicians, you and I, heck, when you were here before, we talked about Eddie Van Halen. I was listening to an interview right. with Wolfgang on uh, the Howard Stern show. And uh, Wolfgang, his Eddie's son was talking about how Eddie would nearly be paralyzed before he went out on stage or before he recorded. He was so nervous about messing it up. You think about Eddie Van Halen. Every time he played, he was paralyzed like that. He, he was. He he said wow. his his dad had fear all the time. Was always fearful, and yet look at what look at what his dad did. Even though he felt fear, you're a guy, and I want to talk to you specifically about this because working with brands like Ben and Jerry's, Nordstrom, doing some work on uh, iconic uh, political campaigns, just all yeah. the all the people that you're going in and meeting with these people, you must feel some serious fear, Jason. Um, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years, so I don't anymore. But certainly uh, earlier on, I, I was I had I was gripped by fear and I had to, you know, fight through it because you're you're, you know, pitching. First of all, starting a, a company where, you know, every pitch is a lifeline and you need clients. If you're in a service business, you need clients to survive. So not only are you um, afraid you don't have a, a reputation yet or a name yet or enough case studies under your belt to woo a client on top of it. You also have a staff you have to support and you have to bring in that money. So you have that added pressure of all the souls you feel like you're looking out for back at home base. So it's sort of, 
you, you, you push through, I think, based on the fact that you have to keep moving forward. Did you, um, did you and, ever? F- and, and that's how I, I kind of always did it. But did you ever feel any in the early days, any imposter syndrome? Because, I mean, you've talked to, to me before about going up against uh, agencies that are way bigger than mechanism, you know? And are you ever thinking, why the hell am I here? I mean, I, uh, I still have imposter syndrome. I mean, I wrote, a, I wrote a book for the first time, the fear of putting that out. And there's a lot of industry marketing um, examples in that book and personal examples from my life. And these are my principles and you should adopt them because it can help you be successful too. The fear of putting that out there and, you know, not looking like a douche was, you know, to be, to be <laughs> blunt, that was gripping fear. You know, the day that my book launched, would it get good reviews? Would people in the industry uh, make fun of me? I had imposter syndrome. Well, I'm a first time author. I had imposter syndrome doing that. And I think, you know, the, it's easy to say it's hard to do, but anything new that you're trying to do and develop, you have to push through and see what's on the other other side of fear. And you have to get through, you just have to move forward. I thought I, I was, you know, talking about, I was sort of preparing for this conversation this morning and I, I stumbled on this Albert Einstein quote that I feel applies to the way I look at imposter syndrome and fear. And it's um, life is like riding a bicycle to keep your balance. You must keep moving. And I think that is part of, the Carrie Underwood story, how I feel when, when approaching clients, that imposter syndrome, if I'm trying something new, like being an author, putting that out there, you, you don't know the result. You don't know what's going to happen, but you have to move forward. You have to understand that you, you have that fear and move past it as best you can. You know, the alternative is doing nothing and that's going to get you nowhere. You know, I'd rather put a book out there, and, and get some flack, which would probably, you know, put me in the fetal position for a couple of days. But the idea that I tried it to me is more important than backing away or quitting American Idol because you, you have that imposter syndrome. You went over a lot right there. I'm wondering oh, if sorry. any, no, that's all right. I, 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 that, that was great stuff. And I'm wondering though, to, to, to kind of break that down a little bit, is there, is part of what you just said a mantra that you give yourself when you feel fear? Is it, if I don't do this, I'm doing nothing? I mean, that could be yeah. a mantra by itself. The other mantra of kind of just one foot in front of the other, like don't look at the whole elephant, right? I got to know who the hell would really eat an elephant. But, you know, there's a whole thing about yeah. we need an elephant yeah, I, to it one, one bite I at a time. Have, I, I kind of, it's good that you bring that up. I kind of have two mantras in those situations, which, um, you know, they when when you feel like you've mastered a craft or you're, You've done something for a long time. Certainly you have less fear, but you still get gripped. You know, I still get nervous every time I have to pitch a client. Are they going to like our ideas or not? And it's the, the stakes aren't as high because we have a lot of clients and a successful business at this point. But I still have that that anxiety and that fear. And I probably always will. And so that's one mantra is, you know, move forward. Like you, you can't, you can't go backwards. That's one. The second is, uh, and you probably heard this a lot is that nobody knows anything. And if you realize, if you keep that in mind that we all have imposter syndrome, we all have fear. We all realize we don't know everything or anything. Sometimes if we're all on an equal playing field, it really helps you move past that fear. 
It's it's interesting. Uh, when I was first doing PR training for American Express, they said, if I'm giving a presentation, I forgot to say something, realize the only person who knows I forgot was me. Nobody else knows what I didn't say. They only know what I did say. So be careful about what you say. And if you drop the ball on something, just let it go. Just And, and it's amazing how thinking through that, that I'm the only one that knows. And also, if you say something that other people already know, which I thought, to your point a second ago, I thought, you know, would make me look dumb. It, it actually makes you more relatable because when you say things that somebody already knows and they get to nod their head, the more they nod their head, as you know, Jason, the more that, oh, yeah, yeah, I know oh, that. Yeah, I yeah. agree with this guy. This yeah. guy's incredibly smart because I already knew what he's talking about. And he's yeah. clearly brilliant. Uh, yeah. So so th- that was that. But my mantra has always been because because I do. In fact, I've learned that if I don't feel fear, I'm going to probably mess it up. Um, because when I go in really confident and, and not feeling anything now, I actually get this horrible feeling because I, usually I'm on my best game when I feel fear, but I've Nike had this phrase, you know, before they had just do it, that was uh, not as sexy, but it was feel the fear, but do it anyway. Um, yeah, for me, that works way better than just do it, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's really good. It, That's really strong. It, I never, I, I, I wasn't aware of that phrase. That's really good. Helps me. I used to have, I had like a, you know, runner's world magazine and I, they'd have that centerfold with some runner and I, and I would take that or I took that. And I think this one was Barry Sanders. Actually, it was a Barry Sanders ad and I took it off and I put it on my wall. Um, about, about fear and about how fear never gets you anywhere. I like that idea, by the way, Jason, also of thinking about the, the other side, because in financial planning, you know, a lot of the time people say, well, I'm afraid to save somebody long-term because what if I need it short-term, you know, and a woman, you probably know Susie Orman, Susie Orman says, well, just put yourself at age 70 and now you've never saved a dime. And then feel that fear for a second. <laughs> That's worse. Yeah. So, so uh, back to the, do, do you know where just do it? The slogan was inspired by. No. Have you ever heard that story? No. Uh, just to just to backtrack for one second. Cause I recently learned this and I think it's fascinating. It was inspired by the final words of a notorious killer in the seventies <laughs> in Utah, who was about to get uh, the, the executed and his line was just do it. And it was printed uh, in, in a, in a paper and Dan Wyden, who Wyden and Kennedy is the agency that does the Nike work, who was the founder of Wyden and Kennedy inspired, uh, that phrase, uh, and, and adopted it, uh, in the eighties after he, he read about the phrase in the seventies and adopted it and applied it to Nike, but it came from, uh, execution. That's horrible. (laughs) It's, it's a fascinating, uh, it's fascinating that he he heard it and held that in his brain to use later. I think I, I saw feel the fear and do it anyway associated with Nike maybe around 1986-ish. And I'd say I first heard just do it and it was probably out well before then, but I first heard just do it maybe around 88. Yeah. Uh time frame, but but I that, think that's when it came out. Is, or is, in the 80s, yeah. It, 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 so so getting the, is 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 the takeaway there with how just do it came around, Jason, is the takeaway find inspiration everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one take. I think that's one takeaway. Yeah. It's a horrible I mean, takeaway. That's what the best uh, ad men do, right? They are ad women. They find uh, they find inspiration they can apply to solving a problem for a brand. Do, uh, do you have any of those? Anyway. 
Do you have any of those stories with mechanism that you could tell where you guys are stumbling along and all of a sudden it's right in front of you or mm, not off the top of my head, but yeah. I'll, 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 I don't, I don't know that we've been inspired by any uh, killers, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to find one. I did, I did not mean that one. I know you didn't. I meant like um, you're burning the food while you're right. making whatever at home and you're like, Oh, this is an idea. Smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted one other comment I wanted to say while we're on the topic is um, I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but early on when we were building uh, the company and we weren't making any money as, uh, you know, as entrepreneurs and we were, we were much younger. So we didn't, we didn't have a, a lot of other people to support except for ourselves and our, you know, mac and cheese and roommates and, you know, whatever <laughs> we had to pay for. But we would we would go to because you brought it up. We would go to companies like Microsoft that were way out of our league. Who is this creative boutique agency in San Francisco that no one's ever heard of? And we would you would we would figure out a way to to get these meetings. And we would tell them we had ideas that we wanted to present to them. And, you know, just take the meeting and we'll present our ideas to you. And if they like the ideas, we would we would pay ourselves to get the ideas made in hopes that they would use these ideas and then, or not, but either way we could build a case study that we had worked with Microsoft and by associating our unknown brand with a well-known brand by paying our way through it, that allowed us to build credibility and case studies to get other brands to pay us to build the business. And the reason why I bring that up as it pertains to this conversation is because that helped us overcome our fear because we were offering something, uh, you know, it's like the Godfather, they can't, as you know, a deal they can't refuse yeah. because they, that's, that helped us get over the fear. We know we have good ideas. We know you don't know who the hell we are, but we are, we believe in this idea so much. We will pay, we will fund it. And if you like it, you can run it. And that helps get over fear when you're starting a business because you're acknowledging the different values that you both bring to the table. Well, even though it helps you, it also seems that in some ways that's generous. You're helping other other people. And it's True. funny because in your book, as I was uh, was thinking about fear today, you can see that uh, people that are live with us can see that I've got this, I got the flap right in the area that's, that's uh, I'm not going to get the camera right, but generous, right? Yeah. About thinking about how you're helping. And whenever I feel fear, I think about this is helping somebody else. And every time I stop thinking inside my head, and think about what I'm doing for somebody else. That also helps me through the fear. Break through the fear. I love that. Uh, I also brought up this piece from Psychology Today before we move on, which I thought was really important. This is by uh, Theo uh, Thosides, PhD. And uh, seven things you need to know about fear. And I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I thought these are pretty important because as you know, Jason, we're talking about kind of garden variety fear, but some people have phobias. And number one thing to, to remember is that fear is healthy. Number two is it comes in a lot of shades. It can be anywhere from mild to paralyzing. Number three is it's not as automatic as you think. There are things that you can do to work through your fear. You don't need to be in danger uh, to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid even if you're not in real danger. And number five, Five, you the more scared you feel, the scarier things are going to seem. So fear plays on fear, plays on fear, like it sets off these dominoes. Fear dictates the actions you take, and the more real the threat, the more heroic y y your actions. So it said we react differently to real threats. The more that fear, uh, the more we have a real threat, 
instead of just a fear of a threat, the more we somehow find a way to step up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I love that. Wild stuff. Hey, in just a second, uh, Jason and I are going to have our takeaways from today's discussion about Carrie Underwood fighting through some fear she had at the beginning of her career. Jason, yes. what's our takeaway from today's uh, piece on fear? You know, I think my takeaway on fear is Carrie Underwood broke through her fear and became Carrie Underwood. And if you're not, if you're not pushing past the fear and moving forward, you're staying still. So uh, I think you have to almost view fear as progress. If you're, if you're afraid of something, that means you're moving forward. And so you should embrace fear and not, not do what that article said about adding fear to fear. It's uh, okay. So this is not a cop out like yesterday. This was actually going to be, this was going to be my takeaway was that I know I'm working on something valuable. If I'm afraid I've learned that over time, Jason. And if I'm great, that's way more succinct than what I said. (laughs) If I'm, if, if, if I'm not afraid, I wonder if this is what I should really be working on. Um, because then, then for two reasons, you understand that fear is a good thing and is a good motivator. And, um, and the more often that I work on projects that scare me, the harder it is to scare me. And which, you know, like you said, you've been dealing with these brands now for 20 years. You can walk into a room with some of the biggest brands on earth and it's what you do. That's who you are. And you're helping these brands and, um, helping them get the word out about who they are and who better to work with the mechanism. Right. So I love that. I love it. They should be thanking you, Jason. I love how you, uh, summarize that. So, so succinctly, I I'd say a, a sub takeaway is keeping, you know, that the mantras that we talked about and the idea that, um, nobody knows anything. Yeah. So you should, and that's, you know, there's a, a asterisk to that. Everyone, everyone has imposter syndrome. Everyone's afraid of something. So you should, you should realize that you're on a, live, uh, a level playing field and that helps you push through. Cause it's not like everyone else in the room is a hundred percent confident and you're the person with the only person with fear you know, everyone, everyone has that in the, in the room. And so that helps you push through it also. I got to tell you, we, I have so much fun collaborating with you on these episodes. These, this has been such a great time. Jason's going to be back next month, but before the holidays, I heard there's a great holiday gift people can get at a bookstore or a website that, um, go to any bookstore. You can go to the soulfulart.com or Amazon and pick up the soulful art of persuasion. It is a great stocking stuffer, very affordable. Uh, it's just in time for the holidays. (laughs) It is. And actually what's funny is, is that while we talk, uh, the last couple of days, a lot about brands, you are a brand, you know, one of my favorite, uh, management gurus, Jason is a guy named Tom Peters and Tom Peters talks about brand you. And man, if you are brand you, you need to persuade people, whether it's persuading mom to make the meatloaf, uh, or whatever, uh, so far to persuasion, good stuff. Love it. Jason, happy holidays to you, my friend. We'll see you back here one more time in January. I can't wait. Uh, It's always a blast with you, Joe. I really appreciate it. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. 
for a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam. Nailed it. Done.